Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Marketing. Marketing. <laughs> Are we in for enunciation lessons today? Yes. Well, I think um, it it bears saying that marketing is very misunderstood. It's probably not misspelled very often. No. But it's definitely misunderstood. And I think especially for tradies in business, marketing seems a little mystical and complicated and expensive and scary and all sorts of negative things. Mm-hmm. But today's guest... Really shows us that marketing. <laughs> You're going to persist with that all the out. way through. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't do that for the whole interview. <laughs> um, I don't need to actually because uh, Alan Dibb, today's guest, one page marketing plan. He's an author, he's a coach, uh, he's a marketing guru, but he actually was a broke tech nerd. Mm. Um, and uh, he figured out that he needed to get better at marketing. So he did that and now he's bloody good at it. He's very good at it. And, you know, it, it does get a bit bamboozling for people, but um, Alan's one-page marketing plan is literally that, and he has some very simple, very nuggety pearls of wisdom for us today um, about marketing and uh, you know how to make it work for you. So, yeah, um, another one of those unexpectedly great interviews mm. and not nothing against... Alan, personally, g'day, mate, no, if you're it's listening. The subject. Um, but, you know, marketing, we talk about marketing on the show a lot. Mm-hmm. And people are always talking about marketing, social media marketing, and all sorts of different marketing and advertising. It can get a little overwhelming, but um, yeah, today's was really, really good. I think it's because it's simple. Yeah, simple's good. Mm. Well, we have joining us today on the Tradies in Business podcast. A man who is proudly sitting in front of his books, uh, <laughs> well, multiple copies of the book that he's written, Alan Dibb from the One Page Marketing Plan. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, pleasure to be on the show. Uh, we're also joined by my co-host, Coxie. Hello. The inimitable, <laughs> is, that, is that the right word? Inimitable? In, no, I'm not even going to try and say it, so yep, that'll it's do. A, <laughs> it's a Friday morning, I haven't had enough coffee to say that again. So, uh, we're not here to talk about uh, me and Coxie, we're here to talk about you, Alan. Um, mate, one-page marketing plan, it sounds like a bit of a unicorn. Does it actually exist? It does, it does indeed. So, um, it's, uh, it's a process I developed a few years ago, long before it was a, a book. And, you know, the reason I did do that is because... You know, I, I spent ages with a consultant putting together in my first business when I was a dead broke IT geek. You know, I wasn't wasn't very good at um, the marketing and sales side. So I hired a consultant, helped me write a business plan and a marketing plan. And, you know, we, we spent thousands of dollars. He, it was a beautiful plan at the end. Like I think it was about 75 pages long. And guess what happened to it? Went into the top drawer of the <laughs> desk and didn't get seen again till we were cleaning up the office and moving moving out. So, um, so when I became a, a coach, I wanted my clients to um, put together a marketing plan. And 
again, I got a lot of resistance because they felt it was a big intimidating task. So uh, I came up with a process called a one-page marketing plan where literally in a single page you can map out your whole direct response marketing strategy. And um, I found take-up with clients really, really good. And, and um, uh, after that, that's um, when I thought it would be good to get it out to a wider audience in the form of a book. And that's what I've done. Cool, mate. Now, I'm going to give a shout-out to a listener here, um, a Tradies in Business podcast listener. So, g'day, Mitch Kelly, if you're listening, mate. I hope you are. You claim (laughs) to be an avid listener of the show. Um, But interestingly, Alan, uh, Mitch uh, told me about your book recently. um, Oh, how cool. He's been raving about it. Now, I hit him up this morning. It was probably a bit of late notice. I hit him up this morning and said, Mitch, we've got Alan on the show. Uh, (laughs) Give me – what do you want to ask him? He's like – Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he said, <laughs> to be honest, I could re- reread the book two or three times and still get more out of it. He's just getting so many uh, knowledge bombs out of it. Um, what's what's the, I guess, the secret to maybe the book, Alan, but also like how the heck do you get your marketing plan onto one page? Because there seems to be so much to cover with this topic. Yeah, look, there is so much to cover, especially when it comes to tactics. I mean, there's a million things that we could be doing. We could be doing Facebook ads, LinkedIn, Google, all of that sort of stuff. And what I really uh, say is we need to start with a strategy first. And what I mean by that, the difference between strategy and tactics, kind of like when we're building a house, right? And we got tradies on the show. So, of course, we we know about building. (laughs) And, in fact, I'm in the... Thank goodness I'm in the final legs of building my own house now. But when I when when I first started, I spent the first six months with the architect saying, you know, where's the pool going to go? Where are the garages going to go? Where's the lounge room going to go? So we were working on the strategic side, and it was funny. I walked into the architect's office and I said, oh, I want a rooftop terrace. I want you know a four car garage, and he's like, whoa, 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 hang on. <laughs> Tell me about your lifestyle. Do, do you have children? Do you entertain a lot? Mm. Let's have a look at the, you know, he, he looks at the where the land's positioned and he says, hang on, there's it gets super windy up there. You're not going to be able to use a rooftop terrace. And in summer, it's going to be super hot and you don't entertain much. So, you know, and then we're going to have problems waterproofing it and all of that sort of stuff. So yep. the design ended up being quite different based on uh, my actual lifestyle and my actual requirements from what I had envisioned. And so we spent a good six months putting together that blueprint, that strategy of where things are going to go, how it's going to be positioned, what we're going to do about heating and cooling and all of that sort of stuff. And on the land, um, nothing was ever done. No no bricks were laid, no foundation was poured or anything like that. So it was only once we had that strategy, that blueprint, that we actually started you know, laying bricks, building foundation, digging pool, all of that sort of stuff. And that's the same thing with marketing. We really need to get our foundation and our strategy and then plug in those tactical things, those Facebook ads, those LinkedIn and all of that. Once we've got our messaging right, once we've got all of those things right, that's when we really plug those things in. It sounds really simple when you say it that way, Alan. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's amazing, and it's still probably a little infuriating for Coxie and I, uh, and I, and no doubt for you as a, as a coach as well, mate. That people just don't approach their marketing or their business this way. Yeah, you know yeah. that they they dive down into the weeds, and and it, it seems to be an addiction to detail and minutia um, yep. when it comes to trying to improve a business, and it's so hard for people to to you know as i talk about sort of jump in the chopper 
and just just fly up to 500 feet or a thousand feet just yeah. to have a look at the landscape and yep. like you say with building a house you know you don't start with choosing tiles for the the spa pool um mm. you start with looking at the block of dirt and yes and going well what's what's the aspect and how we're going to use it so yeah. why do you think that is mate why do you think people are so hell bent on focusing on the tiny stuff well uh, i mean i can tell you from personal experience i was a dead broke it guy for a long time you know my first business was in in the it uh, industry and you know I, I read all the books i went to all the seminars and you know the the Google guy would say do Google, the Facebook guy would say do Facebook, the direct mail guy. And, you know, it's very easy to follow the bright, shiny object and try and um, do what everyone's telling you to do. But, uh, you know, I, and I, I spent so much time trying to figure it out myself, which was why I, I essentially wrote the book I wish I had that took me through that high-level process that really took me from – a to Z, to Z kind of thing because a, a lot of what I read and a lot of what I heard, they w- had nuggets of gold and they were very valid, but no one said, right, this is where we start and this is what we do next because, you know, I was just a geek and I wanted to know what do I need to do to get more clients in the door? Like, uh, uh, you know, and people were coming up with all of these really weird concepts and theories and branding and all of this sort of stuff and engagement and likes and all of this and none of that – you know, brought clients in the door or paid the bills. So I needed so, I needed a process uh, where I knew what to do from the start, from A, B, C, right through to, to Z. And um, I unfortunately, I had to learn that the hard and difficult and expensive way. <laughs> and so, um, so I try to sh- help people shortcut that process. And I wish that someone had taken me through these steps to really help me from start to end and it's just because there's so much noise out there there's so much hype everybody's uh you know promoting their latest bright shiny object and their kind of hypey thing and really we need to step back as business owners and say right what are we actually trying to do what's our message who's our ideal target market and and then how do we reach them and then we can plug some of those other tactics into place so where do we start, Alan? So we start at uh, our target market. So who is our target market? And, you know, very often the most common mistake is uh, people say, oh, it's everyone. Of course, everybody mm-hmm. needs, uh, you know, plumbing or whatever I do or, you know, <laughs> medical services and all of that sort of thing. We, You know, especially when we're starting out, we often don't want to exclude anyone, mm. right? So um, and that's kind of a mistake because – when your message is very, very broad, uh, nobody's kind of responding to that and saying, hey, that's for me. Because we know that marketing works when someone reads a marketing or hears a marketing message or sees a marketing message and says, hey, that's for me. It's kind of like, you know, my wife recently hurt her knee and what did she type into Google? Knee specialist, mm. right? The area that, that she was searching in, right? So uh, she didn't type general doctor or doctor that does everything kind of thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So she typed in the specialist uh, because that's what she needed help and and relief with. So very, very important to – and that doesn't mean you can't take work that's outside of your niche. But uh, So if someone comes to you and uh, wants to do work that's outside your niche, that's fine. You can take that work on. But we're talking from a marketing context 
how are we going to be focused and who are we going to be focused on? Who are we going to direct our marketing efforts at, right? So rather than shooting arrows in every direction, we want to be hyper-focused and really know who our target is because when we know who our target is, it gels into the very next step, which is what message do we give that target market? So when we're hyper-clear about who we're going to serve, then we can you know, get into more detail around what message are they going to respond to? What what are they? What do they want? And how can we serve them best? I just want to touch on. Sorry, was the <laughs> the power of a niche? It's something that Wari and I talk about quite frequently, and it is a really scary thing, particularly for tradies. They're, they're, it's an unfamiliar process for them to niche down, and to make that niche as small as you can is actually one of the most powerful tools in your business. It exerts you as a um, an expert almost immediately when you have a small niche. Can you tell me a bit about your thoughts, I guess, on the power of a niche, Alan? Yeah, so so the power of a niche is, is twofold. So first of all, everyone, tradies, everyone in business has clients who are, you know, suboptimal. So they're a pain in the butt. They always pay late, but you don't like dealing with them. And then there are clients that are kind of okay to deal with. And then there are those awesome clients that you love dealing with. They pay on time. They, uh, they're they a pleasure to deal with. It's, it, you know, so you want to be focusing on your most optimal clients and, and really, really uh, hone in that, on that. And there's kind of like the, the magic triangle that I talk about. So it's really, you know, who, who do you enjoy dealing with? Because you want to wake up in the morning and enjoy the work that you do. You don't want to have to get up and think, oh, damn, it's Monday, right? So, um, so you want to, so who do you love dealing with? Then who really values what you do? So willing to pay a lot of money for, for what you do. And lastly of all is who's profitable to deal with. So when you hit all three in that magic triangle, that's a really, really good niche. You're, you're onto something there. And in almost every business, you'll be able to identify the clients that are the real super high optimal clients for you, the kind of middle of the road, and then the suboptimal clients. And it's very important to understand that a dollar from the, a suboptimal client is not equal to a dollar from an optimal client. They're, you know, it's kind of the principle of the unequal dollar because the suboptimal clients, they're going to complain on price and they're going to pay late and they're going to be a pain to deal with, whereas the optimal clients w- will be the opposite and they're, they're a pleasure to deal with. And more importantly than that, they refer other people to you. So they become raving fans and they become what's called a net promoter, somebody who uh, refers you to friends and family. And so hmm. their dollar is worth more than the dollar from somebody else who's not in that category. So one of the challenges, I think, for business owners and and especially tradies, and uh, and Mitch actually mentioned this in his... The, the big takeaway for him, um, so Mitch runs a painting business uh, or a, a resurfacing business. I hope I got that right, Mitch. But uh, but one of the big um, mindset shifts for him was going from marketing to um, get a direct response, that whole catch and kill uh, yeah. sort of mentality to yeah. more of what I would describe as the farming approach where, you know, he's putting a message out there to essentially educate people that aren't even ready to buy yet so yep. that when they are ready to buy, they choose him. But there's this there's this desperation that has to be let go of yep. in, mm. I need more business, I need more sales, yep. I need more customers. Yeah. Yes. How do you go from that hand-to-mouth approach to marketing to the long game that 
um, Mitch has talked about? That's such a great question. And, you know, um, like I said, I, I, I'm in the process of building a house. So I've got a lot of good tradey examples. So. <laughs> Hopefully they're all positive, Alan. <laughs> uh, well, so some are positive, but a lot of them are good lessons either way. But um, pro- probably I think it was maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I, I, I searched Google for an electrician to come and help me. It was just a really small job change of light fitting in my current house. And he did a great job, you know, uh, left the place clean, um, everything was really good. And then I noticed that he put me on his mailing list, right? So mm-hmm. I started to get emails from him about once a month. And they were interesting emails because, you know, he was talking about the latest home automation gadgets, IP cameras, CCTV, all of that sort of thing. So I stayed on, uh, I stayed on the list. I kept paying attention and he's, he kept uh, being top of mind. Now, I'm in the final leg of building a house and I'm going to need someone to help me install all my home automation stuff, going to help me install all of those sort of things. And it's going to be tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Guess who I'm going to be dealing mm-hmm. with, right? Yep. Had he not put me on this list, I would have probably forgotten who he was, where he was from. And, you know, I probably w- would have had to punch in um, the details of another electrician or try and find someone by referral or whatever. So yep. the thing I would say to your audience is whether you're a plumber, electrician or whatever, what are the chances that the person that you're dealing with will never need another plumber or never need another electrician ever again in their life <laughs> or their friends or their family? Probably not likely. They're probably going to need you and your services again in 90 days, a year, two years, who knows? And if you don't keep in touch with them, naturally they're going to forget that you exist and they may come back to you again by chance, but they probably won't. And so you need to be building that pipeline of future prospects. So the people who are not ready to buy right now, but who are maybe ready in 90 days, 180 days, a year, two years time, because Anyone can uh, close a deal when someone's ready to buy right now. It's, okay, you're ready to buy it right now? Great, sign on the dotted line. Everybody knows how to do that. But only good marketers know how to keep somebody warm who's ready to buy in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, a year, two years, and so on. And it's it's very, very important to be building that pipeline of future prospects. I, I recently asked a new client who signed up for my high-level coaching. I said, how long have you been on my mailing list? And he said, two years, right? Yeah. So yep. most people who sign up for my high-level coaching haven't been on my list for that long usually they'll sign up within the first 90 90 days or so but you know had i not bothered to have him on my mailing list and keep in touch on a regular basis that would have been another lost opportunity so the exact same thing is with tradies it's highly likely someone's going to need to use your services again in the future either themselves or their friends or their family and if you don't keep in touch somebody else will will get the job yeah so there's a question that we're often asked by tradies um, and something that we discuss quite heavily ourselves. How often is too often to send an email? I'm Currently, I've signed up to a funnel and I am getting three emails a day and I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm only there yeah. to, I don't know, observe. You're stealing stuff, aren't you? No, I'm just <laughs> observing, in inverted commas. Yeah. But, um, and I just find that is just so overkill. You could very quickly turn off a customer I'm, yep. and, and tradies don't have endless hours of time to put into this sure. kind of marketing. So sure. how often is enough to keep somebody warm but not turn them right off? Look, it, it's, it's a common sense approach, but the, 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 the answer I'll, I'll give you is as long as you can keep their attention and give them something interesting, right? So, you know, and 
you know, like a plumber will say, how much can I talk to someone about plumbing, right? Mm. So, and, and they're absolutely right. And you don't have to be talking necessarily about your trade or you know, pipes or, or whatever. Like there's a local real estate agent here and she has a newsletter and she literally doesn't even mention real estate. She's just like, what's happening in the local neighborhood? What events are coming up? What new cafes opened up and all of that sort of thing. So you don't necessarily even have to be talking about what, what you do. You can you can mention it or have it involved. But the point is, uh, if you can keep people's interest and send something out interesting and worthwhile on a weekly basis, great. If you can only do it on a monthly basis, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. So if I look at the things that I'm subscribed to, there are newsletters that I get every single day and they're interesting to me and they're kind of newsy stuff and tech news and what's happening. And I read and open them every day. And, you know, other stuff I get maybe monthly and it's kind of boring and not interesting and I often uns- unsubscribe. Or there's a stuff that comes monthly or quarterly that is interesting and that I, I do pay attention to it. So yeah. it's how much can you uh, engage people's interest? And you know, it's all about just showing up in their lives. It's not necessarily talking about plumbing or electrical or whatever you do. It's showing up in their lives and staying top of mind. So 80% of the value of it is you just showing up rather than it being about the content. It's it's such a fantastic point and I don't think it's one we can make too often. Um, I know for my wife and I, we're looking at, at potentially building a house in the next, I don't know, two or three years. Um we now we went out and spoke to a couple of builders just to get some ideas about design costs and all that sort of stuff. It's a long time since either of us built a house, um, and one of the companies stuck us on his list. And mm-hmm. I, I happen to know he's working or he's worked with a coach, um, and it shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but he drops an email out. I. Th- I don't know what his frequency is. It's probably three weekly or four weekly or something like that. Um, And they're just helpful little things that he's probably just recycled from elsewhere, but it's got his name on it. They're good little articles about, you know, particular building styles and where did the Queenslander style of home come from? And they're just, they're just topical, interesting things. Um, But, you know, in two years when it's like, okay, let's go talk to some builders. Guess who's going to be on the shortlist? Mm. So, and he's doing almost zero work to actually keep me in his marketing funnel. Um, But I think something that we all miss is the patience and the foresight to Mm. get out of that whole, oh, I just need more clients now. You know, Mm. I've got to get some more more customers this week to, well, what seeds am I sowing for next month and next quarter Uh and next year? So I know we bang on about this a lot on the show and you're probably sick of saying it, Alan. But But like I say, it is, is, you almost, I I think um, we have to divert our attention between the right now and the current pressing need to go and find a customer who's ready to buy today and still putting time aside to do what you're talking about, Alan, which Uh is, you know, basically position people for when they're ready. Mm. Exactly. Um, exactly. Do you have any tips on how to do that, mate? I know I've just dropped you in it there, but uh, but but how do we how do we split our focus between the right now and the fact that I've got to pay wages next week and the yeah, but was you asking me to put time into something I don't have time for? I just need customers but, now. That that is such a good question. So so th- there's two things that I'd say to that. Um, uh, tradies are, are 
for want of another word, entrepreneurs, right? And so to to run a to run a successful business, I've found, and I've learned this, uh, the difficult and expensive way. I've tried many different ways, but I've found that you need three types of people in your business to make it successful. You need the entrepreneur. So this is the person who's the visionary of the business, you know, comes up with new products and services and all of that. Uh, so they're the people like you and I and the tradies running running the show. Um, um, then you need the specialist. So that's the person who who's good at delivering the product or service that you do. And very often that's the entrepreneur as well. So mm-hmm. if you're a if you're a plumber, it, that might be you. Or if you own a plumbing business, it might be some people that you employ. Mm-hmm. Um, the third person that you need is the manager role. And we're particularly talking from a marketing manager role. And I used to try and fit, you know, round pegs through square holes and say, no, mate, you've, you've got to get it done. You've got to allocate a few hours a, a week on, on it. And, you know, I've kind of given up on that. And I think a better approach, and it's an approach that I certainly take in my business and many of my clients do as well, is to hire a person who just likes coming in every day driving that bus, checking off the check boxes uh, and getting things done and uh, getting things done from a marketing perspective. And what I mean is deploying those uh, processes on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So if you know that you should be doing a bit of social media, Instagram in the local area, and if you know you should be doing that monthly newsletter and it's kind of the stuff that you're feeling guilty about that you know you should be doing that you've heard on this podcast, but you just don't get time and you just can't be bothered. It's not because you're bad or anything like that. It's because you're an entrepreneur style personality. Now, there are people who just absolutely love coming in every day, checking off all the boxes. They don't, they hate all of the risk that comes with being an entrepreneur and the uncertainty and all of that. They just like coming in every day, driving the bus, doing the same route every day. And you employ one of those people to get that stuff done for you. Um, And it doesn't have to be difficult, expensive. You don't have to do so, have someone on full time. Someone coming in a couple of hours a week just to get your newsletter together, get your social media together. There are many, you know, uh, moms who've been in the workforce before who just want a little bit of part time work. Um, who you know, very very capable, very smart. Um, uh, who can come in and do that for you, and it'll be a world of relief to you because you'll know that it's actually getting done. And you don't have to be involved. And, you know, I, I try and lead by example, like in my team. So I've got a team of four people and, uh, you know, I started with one and then I grew it and grew it and grew it. But literally the only things that I do in my business are work with clients and generate new original content like new um, books, new videos, uh, appear on podcasts and things like that. But literally everything else is done by t- my team. After we finish with this podcast and it goes live, my team will promote it on our social media. They'll create little graphics and mm. things like that. So that does not take any of my involvement. And, uh, and you know, I love it that way because you know, I was the, exactly the same same way. I just didn't get stuff done that I knew I had to do and I felt guilty and I tried to force myself to do it. But, you know, let's not – Let's not change who we are. Yeah, let's let's celebrate the fact that we're entrepreneurs, or we're implementers, or we're the specialist role, and let's just do what we're best at, and let's let other people do what they're best at, and help us get to the next level that way. I think tradies so often forget that they're the expert. They, I don't think they honour themselves enough. I don't believe yeah. that yeah. tradies ever stop to think about how important their role is, and some of this other stuff, whilst extremely important for running your business 
you don't actually have to get bogged down in. That's okay to let that go and let somebody else do it. And so when we talk about a subject like this today, I can see them all in their cars and they're gripping the steering wheel and thinking, holy crap, (laughs) it's something else I've got to do. I don't have time for this. I can see that it's got some value, but how on earth am I going to get it done? But it's you've absolutely nailed it. You don't have to do it. You can outsource it. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can get a VA. You can get somebody into the office a couple hours a week. Utilize what you have at your fingertips. How do you know that you don't have a staff member that's actually already really good at this or has an interest in this? Take some time to think about how you can implement this in your business without you actually even having to do it. It's it's great tip. Yeah, and and you know what, listeners, stop using the whole "I'm too busy, I don't have time" as an excuse (laughs) to not do this stuff. you know, maybe it scares you, maybe you feel a bit out of your depth, um, whatever it is, don't allow those other things to be an excuse <laughs> to actually, because it, it, it is really simple. And I think that's that's the big message um, for me in your book, Alan, and, and it sums it up nicely, is that marketing doesn't need to be complicated or overly time consuming or expensive. Um, you know, there's, there's guys like you who have... Uh, as you keep saying, uh, learned the expensive way, um, <laughs> yep. the costly lessons. There, there are so many resources to help us, basically shortcut a whole bunch of stuff and start getting results without getting bogged down in the fact that oh, you know, social media is complicated and I don't understand the analytics and the Facebook targeting yep. and all that crap. You don't actually need to. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, mate, um, I, I do want to ask you about writing the book. Uh, now it's probably not something that a lot of tradies will do, but writing a book is a really good marketing strategy, right? Or tactic. It is, it is. So, um, and, um, you know, it's whether you write a book or whether you write a report or whether you write anything else, I, I like the strategy of putting together a unicorn piece of content. So that's a piece of content that you really own, uh, that, no one else can put their name to. So for for me, it's my book. Before I had a book, I had a free report called The Business Owner's Guide to Getting More Clients. Um, But, you know, having a unicorn piece of content is something that helps make you, helps position you as an expert. Mm. And it also helps with your, you know, SEO and search results and things like that because you can make your content available online. So, um, uh, I think it's a really great approach. I work with several clients to help them do their books. Look, for tradies, it, it, it can it can be a good strategy, or, or or you know you could do something simpler. But um, think about you know what's something that could help people go down the buying cycle easier. Mm. And and I've got another good tradie example actually. So I'm I'm currently. Um, uh, trying to find a landscaper to uh, landscape the new place uh, that, that will be built <laughs> shortly <laughs> after a long, 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 long time. Um, um, and, you know, I've got three quotes and they vary dramatically in price. Like literally the, the lowest quote is half the price of the highest quote and then I've got a middle one. And I don't know anything about landscaping, right? So, and, and these are reasonable sized deals. They're six-figure landscaping deals. And... I'm seeing all the technical jargon that they write in the quote and, you know, they're talking about, you know, soil and coping and all of this stuff that I have absolutely zero clue about. Now, how do I, how do I select between those three quotes? Uh, I have no idea. So no one has so far, nobody has taken me through that buying cycle and taken me through the process and said, 
look, this is what this means and this is why we've got to use so much soil and this is why we need a retaining wall and then there's these types of retaining walls and we've got to get council permission uh, for this. So far, you know, one guy sent me a quote which looks like he got his five-year-old kid to open up Microsoft Word. I, he didn't <laughs> even put in the, the totals or GST. I had to add that all up my, myself. He's um, obviously not a listener of the show. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously. Uh, another guy whose quote looks looks reasonable, but again, I, I don't know how he differs from the other other two guys. Mm. And I just wish someone would take me by the hand and take me through this whole process and sh- tell me wh- why um, their their quote is better than the others, or why their their services or products or are better. So right now, I'm a confused prospect, and a confused prospect is one of two things: they either make no decision or they make a decision solely on cheapest price. Mm-hmm. So right now. I don't know what what to do. I'm kind of stuck. So, Alan, yeah. can can you just repeat what you said, mate? Because that listeners, Alan just said something very, very, very important, and hopefully he can remember what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I could just loop back and hit replay. No, no, no. no. I, 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 I know what you're referring to. Just so, share that again for us, mate. A confused prospect either makes no decision or they make a decision solely on price. Mm-hmm. Because, did you? What get else that can business? I make a decision on? Now, now I. I observe lots of people in the Tradies in Business group, um, just in Coxies and my travels, talking to Tradies in Business. Uh, you know, we've both been working with Tradies for many years um, as consultants and coaches. And one of the, I reckon, top three complaints from trade business owners is price-focused customers or price-focused mm-hmm. prospects. Mm-hmm. And, and that right there is the problem right and if you as a trade business owner listening to this podcast focus on solving that problem getting someone from being a confused prospect to being an informed prospect an educated prospect an engaged prospect you you dramatically reduce the chance that they're going to pick on price it, it, would that be a fair observation? Alan? That's a hundred. That hundred percent. I am not a price shopper. I I very rarely buy anything that's the cheapest price. But right now, I can't differentiate between these three quotes. And you know, I'm coming up to crunch time. I'm going to have to make a decision very shortly because the build is pretty cl- close hmm. to complete. And I, right now, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So um, uh, I, I'm hoping that one of these guys comes to the party and really. <laughs> takes me through the process otherwise i'm probably gonna have to make a decision on price you might have to flick him a copy of the podcast yeah yeah yeah. we'll give you an advanced uh (laughs) version of it mate because this doesn't go live for a few weeks yet so i'd say you're probably going to be forced into a decision before then (laughs) sounds good sounds good i actually think you've touched on another thing there that that tradies never ever think about and that's how important and what a big marketing tool a quote is it, it is yep. that opportunity to educate. But also, I, I regularly have clients send me copies of their quotes because they can't understand what's going wrong and they're a one-page document with next to no information. Mm. It's essentially just yep. presenting a price. Whereas it the is. quotes we used to do in business, the ones that we sent out, were up to 18 pages long. They had so much detail mm. that the clients felt positioned in a way that there was nothing left out, that they could understand everything that was yep. in the quote and therefore when they were comparing they had a real benchmark to compare to and that yep. one change in our business generated such a change to the conversion rate 
of the clients we were quoting for. That's not to say that 100 other things we didn't do also helped along the way, but it really made a big difference. You know, there's such a distrust around tradies. When you're really transparent and you're sharing much more information, and if you go as far as to educate around why you need to spend the money that you need to spend to get the job done, you really can convert so many more customers and they become engaged and they become excited and they want to spend that money with you. Customers will tell you they're shopping for price, but pretty rarely they're shopping for price. They want the best job. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, we know that all other things being equal, an educated prospect is better than a non-educated prospect, assuming that you're sell, selling something of value. Like, mm. You know, if you're selling uh, drugs or cigarettes, you probably don't want to educate <laughs> prospect about the, the, the product. But, you know, if you're selling something of value, which pretty much every tradie does, um, you, you, you want a better educated prospect. You want them to understand why your price is double the price or or 20% higher or whatever because you do it properly, you use the right materials, you, you use the right processes, you've got a qualified crew, who uh, there's warranties and all of that sort of stuff. So if you can take them through that education process, then you're going to have a massive advantage over the other guys who basically uh, scribble a quote on a piece of paper and shove it. Uh, <laughs> to the prospect after being nagged for a week. To, yeah, yeah. Can I get uh, your quote, please? Get back to them. Please send me a quote. <laughs> yes. So, Alan, I, I got another question for you, mate, and it's it's something that raises a lot of um, debate amongst trade business owners. What are your thoughts on charging for quotes? Yeah, look, it. it um, I, I think for higher higher end deals where you know there's a lot of work in kind of quoting it it can work i i would think why would you want to put uh, barriers in front of um uh, doing deals so look if you if you're getting a lot of time wasters then potentially that's something that you might consider and you're doing high higher end things but i would think there's better ways of uh, sifting and screening prospects than showing up at their house and then finding out hang on this guy's a, a time waster i think you can do have a bit of a pre-qualification or intake uh, process and find you know ask a few key questions and you'll know on the phone whether that's someone worth visiting and spending a, a bit of time on. So, you know, my my general gut feel is that it's not a good idea, but it, it can be a good idea in circum- certain circumstances. But I think if you've got a lot of your marketing funnel and processes in place, you can do a lot of the sifting and sorting and screening of the prospects prior to ever showing up and having to spend that time to do that quote. Mm, it's certainly, uh, it's a hotly debated topic. And- it is. And uh, as you've pointed out, I think the problem tradies are, are trying. Well, the problem tradies are trying to solve is those time wasters. You know, they're racing around doing a million quotes every week, and and really, if they looked at the way they're doing that, you know, maybe they don't have a, a sales process or a pre-qualification process. They're probably you know emailing quotes out to people with a price on it and not explaining the why. Which yep. is the other thing I wanted to to uh, raise with you, Alan, is how important is is our why in our marketing? So, you know, as a business owner, why I do things the way I do, um, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, with the landscaping, it's like, mm-hmm. well, why are you using that coping, and why is this soil costing this much? How important mm-hmm. is that in all of our marketing and communication with prospects? 
Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, it's, it's telling your your story. And, you know, there are several stories you can tell. You can tell your origin story, how you how you started and why you started, why you only use a particular uh, brand of products and some of the the good and bad examples of, of things that have been, been done in the past. So really tell, taking your prospect through that journey of, uh, why you do what you do and and how you do it, and I, I think that's incredibly important. It's uh, very valuable for people to understand, uh, you know. And people respond really well to to stories, right? So if you if you can take them through some good examples and some bad examples of, you know, why choosing the lowest price is not the way to go, and why what you do is actually better, then uh, that's super super important. Taking them through that process. Mm. So. Alan, one of the questions that uh, I like to throw at guests, and I've probably already hurled a few at you today, mate. Uh, <laughs> you've you've performed very admirably, mate. Uh, is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, or perhaps on a uh, on a Zoom video call all these days, um, but if you were in front of a thousand tradies, what's one piece of advice you would love to leave them with? Yeah, so it's it's really a mindset shift, and I had this mindset shift in. You know, probably a little bit too late in my first business. It took me too long to learn this, but I learned it from a mentor. And I was I was kind of complaining to my mentor. I said, you know, uh, the clients that we have absolutely love us. They love the, our service and all of that. We just don't have enough of them, right? Mm-hmm. So they, uh, I, I wish we had more clients like that. And he said something pretty profound to me. He said, when does someone know how good your product or service is? And I said, well, you know, obviously when they buy, right? And then he said, he goes, before they buy, they only know how good your marketing is, right? So he said to me, you've got to become a marketer of IT services, not an IT guy who does marketing. So I would say the same thing to your audience as well. You need, you need to shift from being a, a plumber, an electrician, a brickie or whatever, uh, to really uh, being a marketer of those services. So uh, that's a big mindset shift for a lot of people. So how can you become a good marketer of the services that you do because that's the difference between being an employee and being a business owner. As an employee, you show up and you do your job and you, you leave at 5 p.m. or 3 p.m. if you're a tradie and <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, uh, and you're done for the day. But uh, as a owner of a business, you need to figure out how do I get clients in the door and getting clients in the door is a marketing process. That's what it's all about. Uh, so you need to be a, become a marketer of what you do and that's a mindset shift. Mm. Great tip. Such great advice, mate. Uh, it's like the holy grail of uh, <laughs> getting that nonstop flow of customers. Um, yes. So, Alan, if someone's listened to this episode and they're thinking, okay, i got to get this guy's book, i got to find out about him, what's the best place for them to go and do that, mate? Yeah, so the the best place to do that is prob- in Australia, uh, probably either Amazon or pretty much any bookstore. You you can get the book, Dimex, um, Booktopia, all of that. Um, you can get it on Kindle. You can get it on audio. So if you're in the in the van or in the truck uh, most of the day, you can just listen to the book. You can grab that on Audible. Um, you can also grab a, a free uh, download of the one page marketing plan canvas on my website, which is successwise.com. Excellent. Oh, mate, freebies. Tradies love freebies, <laughs> They <mate>. do love freebies. <laughs> and we'll put all the links uh, to those in the show notes, as always. Um, Alan, thank you very much for uh, uh, coming on the, the podcast, mate. Uh, it's been a great chat. Thanks, Alan. Um, I love a bit of marketing, and, um, and it's another reminder for me that I really need to pull my finger out and write a book. 
Yes. <laughs> I've been talking about this Good. for about six years. So, Wasn't uh, your deadline March? Hello. When, shush. Uh, so when we press stop, I'm going to get your top tips on how to write a book, mate. <laughs> but, mate, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks again. That was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure being on the show. So we've stopped that episode here today for our public listeners. However, those of you that are lucky enough to be part of the Tradies in Business trade desk get to hear a bit more. Mm. So we got Alan to actually um, pretty much step through a strategy on how to get more word of mouth business, mm. more referrals, um, more word of mouth business. So he actually goes deep into how to implement that step yes. by step in your trade business specifically. Um, and to get access to that, all you have to do is head on over to tradiesinbusiness.com.au forward slash trade desk. Um, Join the Trade Desk and you will get Alan's step-by-step guide to getting more word-of-mouth business for your trade business. Um, That's about it, I think, for today's episode. If you're not a Trade Desk member, (laughs) we're holding you to ransom on that one. Aren't we? Um, That seems a bit nasty now that you put it like that. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But that's just one example of uh, the stacks of value that we're loading up every week for mm-hmm. our Trade Desk members. So we have bonus uh, interviews and episodes like this, so premium podcast content. Um, there's hot seat recordings. There are additional templates and um, lots of video training that we're constantly recording and loading up on how to have a better trade business. Um, we're doing our Facebook Live every couple of weeks where we answer your questions in a closed, closed, super excellent group <laughs> on Facebook. Um, and all for the massive, ginormous price of $49 a month with no contract, money-back guarantee, no worries, mate. No worries, mate. (laughs) We should come up with like the no worries guarantee. Oh, you do this all the time. You come up with these golden nuggets and then we forget about them. Someone should execute that. (laughs) I need to go join the trade desk so I can learn how to implement more in our business. (laughs) Anyway, we look forward to seeing you there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some value from it. Thanks again for listening as always and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.